It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Don't know which way to turn It's like every time I touch you I get burned Still I'm drawn to you like I'm off to a flame Guess a cupid is to blame Someone put an arrow through my heart Long and straight and narrow Bup, bup Jeff Ross's um, latest release, Only Your Voice. 
And uh, today we have Jeff Ross in the studio along with my co-host Spencer Drake from New York. And uh, uh, this is Holly Steffi, and uh, I just wanted to introduce Jeff a little bit. And uh, I'm going to let him talk about his latest release and also uh, let's listen to a lot of the things that he's done so far. (laughs) He's done some amazing stuff. And uh, I want to bring Spencer into the studio and... I want to bring Jeff into the studio. That's such a great song. It is, uh, guys. To hear. <laughs> Thanks. Gotcha. <laughs> Thank you. There you are. No, yeah, that's such a great song. Don't you, don't you love that song, Spence? Oh, I love it. And you know, what's interesting, Holly? Jeff has a tinge of James Taylor in his voice. I, I always pick yes, up. Yes, he does. Yep. No, we refer Very to nice. him as the guy from the other island over here on Nantucket. Oh. <laughs> well, Josh, you of course, led, of course. You know what's so funny? I saw that you played with. Um, it's so funny because this band is playing in my town tonight. The Whalers are here tonight. Um, oh wow! In my area. Yeah. That's great. So, I've, I've, I've yeah, gotten on stage yeah, with them so, any number of times. There, it's a wonderful thing to be I able know. to play that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's very, oh, very meditative and uh, mm. and healing music. Healing. Of course, there yeah. are several versions of the Whalers out there now. I'm not sure which, yep. which, uh, which band are you? Um, is it with Family Man and uh, and Junior and the guys? Or is it? Uh, yes, it is. Yep. Yeah, that's gonna it be is. so much fun. Yeah. What a great, what a great bass player he is. He is. He is really unsung uh, uh, in in many respects. If you ever mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. A, a a couple of hours to boggle your mind, try deconstructing one of Family Man's bass parts. They're just yeah. wow, they're just crazy, and they make the music. He and his brother Carly just they mm-hmm. they created that entire vibe that now everyone tries to the sound. You know, yeah, it's just awesome. That whole great sound. Stuff. Oh, well, you've like done some great them. stuff along the way, my dear. Um, why don't we talk about your latest release, Only Your Voice, and then talk about um, your where, where you started in music and how you were the guitarist with Lou Reed and uh, played with quite a lot of people. All lucky breaks. All lucky breaks, Holly. <laughs> just, yeah, I bet. Just luck of the draw. Um, well, the the um, uh, current project, uh, and I call it a project mm-hmm. because trying to record in between, um, you know, playing on my schedules, all the guys I've worked with on this record, and uh, it is a, a, a wonderful roster of brilliant musicians, um, has made it more of a project than, you know, a, a quick recording session. I mean, we used to go in back in the day and just cut tracks until we were done and uh day and night and um these days uh you know you pick the week when everybody can get together and you're in for a few days and then you're out for a month and then you're back again so I'm actually started this project almost 18 months ago and uh oh, wow. we uh yeah went out to Nashville and gathered a bunch of uh bunch of buddies um uh with the assistance of a my oldest friend probably in the world guy I went to high school with who um is immersed in the Americana and bluegrass scene out there in Nashville and um, Love Nashville. has worked with everybody yeah he's it was my my buddy Rob Stokes who um mm-hmm. is uh just just a, a fantastic guy a, a true country gentleman from Louisville um and uh, he and I learned to play guitar together back in uh, in high school, or learned to you know play songs together, and uh, you know did all that that early Poco and Buffalo Springfield stuff, you know. Oh yeah. In Nashville, and it happened, and which is why there's a little bit of that still in me, Spencer. It's uh, yeah. It's, um, it's part of my core. I love it. And uh, I love we it. love that. We love that. I had always wanted to, to to play songs that I could play. On the acoustic guitar. That's, you know, even when I was writing for my band Teaser and The End and all these groups that, that I put together post-Lou Reed, um, you know, the the trick was always to try to find a way to be able to perform these songs 
on my own with an acoustic guitar, and it wasn't always an easy task. So when I got the opportunity to record this record with, oh gosh, I mean, Jerry Douglas from you know, Unions. Well, I just, Jerry Douglas, mm-hmm. the, the greatest oh, yeah. cobro player to live. No offense to anyone <laughs> yeah. else, guys, but uh, Jerry defined the instrument, the Jimi Hendrix of the dobro, they call him. Um, oh. You know, you'd know him from Alison Krauss, and uh, and, uh, yeah. and he, in fact, um, uh, had James Taylor on his last uh, transatlantic sessions tour, um, mm-hmm. along with other other great artists that they back up. Um, and Sam Bush came in and played, and Sam's still probably the best mandolin player and most notable out there. Um, and, uh, oh gosh, just, just great players, wonderful guys out of Nashville. And when I got that chance, I jumped at it because Mm -hmm. it meant being able to just play the acoustic guitar and sing Mm -hmm. with this wonderful group of musicians. So we went in and we recorded live at the Sound Emporium in Nashville, which has, uh, uh, been around forever. Uh, Merle Haggard, Johnny Cash, um, back in the day, um, and, uh, uh, Alison Krauss and Robert Plant recorded uh, um, their stuff out there, and uh, I think I once got bumped out of the studio because Pharrell was coming in. So, really, it was just a fantastic <laughs> place, so nurturing and uh, so mm-hmm. wonderful. And I, they are my family now for sure. Um, well, mm-hmm. And we went in and we cut 19 tunes live, and then uh, I've tried to grab a few days here and a few days there to try to get it all mixed and put together properly. And to date, we have the 10 songs that are on Only Your Voice. And uh, that's you have a pre-release copy of that CD. Um, mm-hmm. It's a, mm-hmm. It will go up when I get back from Nashville um, in the uh, first week of October. We hope to get it up on all the various download platforms. It's available on my site, but um, I'd like to see it finished before. Before. Well, yeah, you have let's some, give your website uh, out real quick. Yeah. Oh, it's jeffross.rocks, R-O-C-K-S. I think that I think that's, that's pretty cool. I like that. I thought it was better okay. than .org, nice. don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. That, that's, really, that's really cool. And I wanted to say if anyone wants to listen to the show afterwards, it would be available on iTunes and also on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio as a um, podcast. So if you're missing it or want to listen to it again, it will be available. Carry on. I'm sorry. Spencer, what were you going to say? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, Jeffrey, you're, you're a really good songwriter, and um, which is very interesting to listen to your songs and your songwriting. And um, I thought the, the arrangements were really good. You did the producing on the album? Is that right? Well, I did. Um, I had a, a good deal of assistance from, I mean, all the players were wonderful. They didn't require much production, you know. We went in. They it was very simple. Listened. Yeah. yeah, we listened to the tunes. And these guys are not just brilliant session players, but all of them in their own right um, are, you know, out doing uh, pretty much everything. Guthrie Trap, uh, who played electric guitars with me, and uh, Steve Mackey, who played the bass. And, oh, wow, what a bass player. These guys mm-hmm. at, at the top of the heap in Nashville. They're both out with John Oates now. Um wow. Yep. And uh, I, you know, Steve. Steve is, uh, uh, um, he, you know, he plays with the, the uh, Wallflowers, and you name it, they've done it. So they're really immersed in just in in every aspect of the music. So we went in, we sat down, I played the songs for them briefly. We turned the machine on, and off we went. And so, wow. if there's more than three takes of any song at any time, I'd be shocked. You know. There's wow. the, the first take where we fell apart in the middle, and uh, uh, the second take where I interrupted everybody, and then there's the the third take at max. And that it's rolls. such a pleasure. Yeah, it's, yeah so easy mm-hmm. and 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 so organic. And you know, cool. uh, I, I, I wish I, I I was articulate enough to describe how it felt to play with these guys. But then that's what the music is about, isn't it? It's well, you know, the album <laughs> has a very simple production, which I really love, and I think Holly loves it, too. It's, it's very simple. There's it's no, awesome. No, no yeah, bells and whistles, you know what I mean? It's really no. simple. Produ- that's the best. I mean, that's the best. That's the way music should be, purity. Yeah. And, no. you know, I, and, you know, I Spencer, agree. Jeff plays all the time live. You play um, in your 
town there in Nantucket pretty much all the well, time. Well, not just here, but yeah. This is, I've, 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 I, I will admit that I've got it lined up pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. I, um, and it's funny because that's how it started. So my buddy Rob, who I mentioned, my, my friend from high school, who co-produced the record mm-hmm. with me, um, and uh, um, helped me organize, you know, all the players and and, and so forth in the in the studio, and just kept us on track. Took all the notes and you know and overlaid his aesthetic and everything. He came out to visit um, a few years back and uh, came mm-hmm. to one of my shows. And afterwards said, Jeff, we got we got to get into the studio. And I had been hamstrung by my previous recording contract. I had a couple of major deals over the course of time and was still tied to uh, Deutsche Grammophon um, uh, Poly Records for my next album. However, there was nobody left at that label that had anything to do with my signing. Um, You know, I mean, the, the turnover had been great over the years and theoretically, I was not allowed, I mean, not theoretically, legally, I wasn't really allowed to record unless I gave them the first right of refusal, and they weren't going to release anything. Um, And so we waited and we waited until the clock ran out, and then we put this together. Um, So I play on Nantucket for what we call our summer season, which basically runs from the middle of May to the middle of October. And during that time, I play sometimes seven days a week, four weeks in a row. Um, Lots of residencies. I go from place to place to place. And my fan base follows me from place to place to place. But they don't have to go very far, and I get to come home every night instead of being in a different hotel or on a tour bus. And it really is. uh, Like I said, I, I, I don't want to be cocky about it, but at least up till now, until I blow it, it's been uh, it's been a, um, uh, just a wonderful routine, and um, you know, and I got to help start live music up here after That's years great. of it not being available anywhere but our our you know our few um, actual rock clubs you know, and mm-hmm. that that leaves me feeling like I've you know contributed a That's little bit, great. and uh, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. really great. I did a show last night and I sat down to. To, uh, to I got in there to set my gear up and um, place was empty and by the time I sat down to play I recognized an entire room full of people there must have been 35 people that That's poured awesome. in very very small space and I recognize them all I don't know all their names but I know many of their requests and they come year after year and so what I say anecdotally is you know I don't have to tour they come to me so far, <laughs> and it's it's great. It really yeah, is a, you know, a wonderful. Jeffrey, feeling, I gotta suggest. You know? I gotta suggest something. You should play City Winery. Holly and I know about City Winery. We had them on our show. In and, Nashville, which one? Uh, no, City, well, yeah, and also in New York. I mean, uh, City Winery, and uh, you're right, Holly. Both places could really be a venue. Uh, because I, I would love that. People. You know, I've been on stage at, Cine, at, at the City Winery. That's um, right. St- yeah. Standing, but, but not playing. I've, really I've, good I. Uh, for him. You should do your new album there. I I, I would would love to. I'll let let you guys help me hook that up. How's that? Yeah, yeah. I can (laughs) tell you. Yeah, I'll get you the email for you. I have um, yeah, I've actually been on the stage in in New York at the City Winery. It's uh, um, uh, it was such a pleasure with my buddy Rob, who was um, on the road with Sam Bush um, Mm. and Del McCurry at the time, and they Mm. did a duo. Um, and I got to uh, just off the stage and got to stand up. So I could see the audience. They couldn't see me. And it's it's a beautiful room. I've I've been back um, to see other friends play, and uh, even caught a little Graham Nash there. I thought that was and he just I love a solo Graham show Nash. last year. Yeah. I think it was, or maybe yeah. the year before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I've I've been at the one in Nashville as well to see uh, other friends of mine play and uh, mm-hmm. just beautiful stages. In Nashville, I will say though, they really need to do something about the chairs. So they've got <laughs> yes. they've got folding chairs and they squeak every time someone moves in their chair. Oh, they really? the chair. Wow. <laughs> I wonder yeah, I wonder if they've Nashville's changed that. Kind of being, <laughs> yeah, Nashville's kind of like being um revamped from what I understand cuz there was an event that um we were involved in that took place there that um kind of some of the stuff fell through the cracks, but yeah, it's a great place. It's a, you it's know, beautiful they, they venues, really and I a lot of talent, and I think it'd be good for you. 
Yeah. I would love to do that. And, you know, and if I get to do it in Nashville, I promise the audience that comes that I will bring all these guys up on stage with me. Um, oh, since they all cool. live there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. Well, you know, we know you work with Dennis Ferrante and Jack Douglas uh, and uh, John oh. Hansen. Yeah, I know. I miss Dennis. Dennis. No, I miss we that miss man Dennis. so much. Dennis, Dennis was uh, unique, really, absolutely unique. I, I did a... Um, with my band, I don't get this right, but I think it was, oh gosh, let's see, Teaser was a project that I, uh, was. Mick Rock was very involved in, Mick, Mick, Mick and I wrote some mm-hmm. songs together for Teaser, I guess I picked, Dennis picked mm-hmm. me, Dennis and I, Dennis and Corky Stasiak, who had produced mm-hmm. a Lou Reed album, and I can't tell you which one, um, and, uh, we went into the record plant together. Could it have been 1978, maybe? And um, no, not the record plant. I beg your pardon, Electric Lady. And uh, because oh, I used yeah. to get downtime in all the studios, so you know, being being you know in that scene, having the Lou Reed credit, and, you know, and being involved and uh, uh, with so many players, um, we were all kind of used, we got to go in. Uh, and what we call, you know, the after hours time, we got the downtime when the studio wasn't being used by the uh, the artists that the labels were paying for. So, for example, at Electric Lady, the Stones were recording, I don't remember if it was Some Girls, something like this, back in that period of time. Oh. Oh, and uh, so they were upstairs and we oh, were downstairs. And, and so Dennis and I got very close because although Corky was the engine, he was the producer of record and uh, Dennis was the engineer. It was Dennis that really, I mean, Dennis sang, he played, he had great ideas mm-hmm. and he was able to, he was able to, to help you get to a place, which is what you want from a producer, not someone who demands or dictates or steers you, you know, in a way that you don't want to be steered, but gently nudges you in a direction which, where you, 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 you get there and you go, Oh, yeah, you're right. And Dennis could, of course, he could sing as high as I could, maybe higher, who knows. Um, and there was never any competitive or uh, n- none of that energy that doesn't belong in a production situation. So we stayed close forever. And I have stories that I'd, I'd rather not tell wow. on the radio. But I, I will tell you. And, no, you, you know, and. Me. Uh, we will have a, we'll have a private conversation, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Dennis was fraternal, paternal. He was, he just was an amazing uh, influence, and um, he is the first person many years later that when I came back from Europe with my infant child, my daughter, mm-hmm. uh, we went right up to RCA Studios, where at this point they were closing the studios down, and Dennis was up there. And he did not know we were coming in. There's no way that he knew I was coming. We called from downstairs. And when we got upstairs with my three-year-old daughter, <laughs> and, um, she, uh, we, we walked in, and Dennis was playing old masters that I had recorded oh, with him wow. uh, really? at Electric Lady. And it was just he, was, he had oh. baked them. He had baked them to try to save the tapes and was just transferring them. It was it was one of those kismet moments, you know. It just didn't know. Well, he knew I was there, but not with enough time to have put that up. It could not have been a setup. You know what I mean? Wow. Wow. And and his loss is a loss for everyone that knew him, and you know, just Jeffrey. I was I was around Dennis a lot in New York at different events Mm -hmm. and things. He was just a wonderful person to be around and. His, whenever I talked to him, he had the greatest one-liners. I got to tell you, he broke me up all the time. I mean, oh he yeah, one of, right, right. And he was one of these guys who always was right on it with anybody. And he was very, he was very blunt, uh, but he had a great nature. I mean, he really, he, he was just, he sorely missed, and uh, he, he just gave a lot to, uh, he just gave a lot to music, you know, and history. Right. You know, Puggy, Puggy DeRosa, you, you, uh, I know you know, you know, call? Pug. Is he going to call? 
I don't know. I, I he, he Facebooked with me. I I tried to badger him into doing it. He's got a he's got a yeah. diamond uh, uh, um, rehearsal. He said, but he was going to try to get a hold of us. Um, but Puggy cool. and I spent years working together, and and Puggy and Dennis remained very close. We 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 were together mm-hmm. uh, the last time at uh, Dennis's wake and funeral, and. Um, uh, mm-hmm. And of course, Jack spoke because he and Dennis were very, very close, you know. And I didn't really uh, understand. Yeah, I will admit to not having paid a great deal of attention. I don't network very well. Uh, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm present, but or I should say, I'm accounted for, but not always present. And uh, and I, you know, the the connections between Dennis and Jack and Jay Messina and all these things were, I mean, I. I wasn't paying any attention. So, you know, I worked with Jack many years later. I no, I mean, Dennis wasn't involved in that. And I had no idea that they were even in communication at that time, but they all stayed very close. Um, and yeah. Jack had such wonderful things to say about Dennis, but De- yeah. we, I called that Den- Dennis was very self-effacing too. He would never, you know, Dennis would never get, he never bragged. He never, you know, he was just such a great guy. And I called him Buddha. He was the Buddha Ferrante. We always referred to him as the Buddha. Aww. And, oh, and it wasn't just because he was portly, you know. It was, <laughs> it was uh, and oh, in retrospect, cute. he probably wasn't that portly. We were just all, you know, rail thin from uh, behavioral abnormalities. Uh, and, right. um, um, and, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, he embraced it. He loved it. Um, I, uh, uh, I was with Dennis when he when his first wife announced the divorce, you know, I mean, I, I was with him for some, some pretty emotional stuff. And he opened up to me in ways that I, I didn't really deserve at that age or at, you know, given a lot of the behaviors. I mean, I, I hadn't outgrown some of the, uh, or maybe I was just growing into some of the New York underground behaviors, which have cost us many a friend. Um, Mm -hmm. Lucky to be here. Uh, Lucky to be here to miss Dennis, but man, Yay. Do I ever miss no, him? I know. Do I ever hey, listen, miss I guy? want to bring up. I want to bring up something. Uh, and Holly and I had our, our friend Anthony De Curtis on the show. He's got a great book out called Louis oh, yeah, Life. Oh yeah, I was on that show, Spencer. It. Yeah, that's I right. Was, I was right. with you. We have uh, Jeffrey you in the book. I, I was in the book. Judith's in the book. Sylvie Reed's yeah. in the book. Richard Brown. Yeah, a lot of But I want you to book. talk about a little bit about uh, the. Um, a little bit into that area, um, Jeff. Well, um, the first thing I want to say is how grateful I was uh, when Anthony called me um, for several reasons. I mean, it was wonderful to be included. It's nice to be recognized. Um, Lou and I parted company on a less than friendly terms. I, uh, you know, reviewed that many, many times, um, and uh, we'll take full responsibility, even though uh, we all know that Lou had responsibility in all those <laughs> altercations. Um, but what I, uh, uh, I was grateful for was that Anthony's take on Lou, his, his, his perspective um, allowed for me to review all the behaviors, Lou's behaviors, my behaviors, that whole period of time without having – uh oh dear you hear dexter in the background <laughs> one moment please i'm gonna let you guys talk amongst yourselves for just a second while dexter and i parlay we'll be right back <laughs> i love that it is i love so it funny. that you know, is a riot you know what i wanted to wanted to say um yeah uh jeff yeah. has quite a few animals um where he's at oh, really? so uh oh that's yeah. really cool, really cool. <laughs> wow Dexter, huh? That's kind Jeffrey's of a cool got a name. farm, got a pet farm. <laughs> he does, just like me out here. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. Uh, Dexter, Dexter's my 13-year-old Frenchie, and uh, oh. have you ever seen Have you ever seen Keith Richards' Frenchie? De- uh, uh, Dexter basically Dexter is his twin. Um, really? Mind wow. you, with an extra with an extra couple of pounds and a few extra years, I think. <laughs> oh, nice. He um, yeah, he he does not he he doesn't he doesn't take to being left alone for too long, uh, and he's he can be very persuasive. So uh, we just right. removed him. Oh, from, it's cool. From, from, oh. from proximity. Bark, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I find okay. it very distracting. I'll tell you. I, uh, <laughs> 
and I, I do distract easily, as you guys already know. Um, Anthony um, gave me an opportunity to review all that stuff fresh. Um, I carried uh, I carried a lot of negative energy away from from um, my involvement with Lou. The way we left, mm-hmm. um, a lot of unfinished business, which I don't really need to rehash. But suffice it to say, Lou died owing me for apparently two albums. I thought it was only one. Wow. It seems like some of those tracks ended up somewhere else as well. Um, no problem. You know, I, uh, I, I did avoid uh, mentioning Lou for years. I didn't tell anyone that I'd played with Lou. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, even when I got to to Europe, and I lived in Germany for quite a while where it was virtually impossible. I mean, people that weren't alive yet when I was playing with Lou would come up to me and say, you played with Lou. Um, so, uh, but I did try to avoid all that. And I will say in retrospect, foolishly, you know, but it, you know, this business, just like everything else is about what you've done right. lately, you know? But, wait so, a minute, Jeff, but Jeffrey, the period that you work with Lou, he was very volatile too. His nature wasn't exactly, you know what I mean? That, that's another thing. He was very hard. I think he was very hard to work with, right? Um, I guess. Let's I mean, you could say that about a lot of people, Lou. but since we're, you know, since we're talking about Lou, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had a volatile, volatile nature, I guess you call it. Spencer. No. Spencer. Oh, no, okay, it's fine. I wanted, fine, Holly. No, I wanted to get Jeffrey, <laughs> Holly, I wanted to get Jeffrey out of this guilty. I know. Part of this well, yeah, I'll tell you, let me Lou. let me know, let me tell you. Lou had a very volatile period, you know, and I think we know well, that. It, you know, in the end, in the end, the way the, what happened to me was I was effectively trained by Lou, um, and so mm-hmm. I went through very volatile period as well. I wasn't easy to work right. with. I listen right. back to the old cassette tapes sometimes, and I'm horrified to hear myself. Uh, you know, I mean, in rehearsals at SIR with the various, and some of these players, I mean, you know, I, 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 I just saw a picture of, of, um, of every day is another post from my friend, Kenny Aronson, who, uh, <laughs> who played bass with me for a minute. And I oh, think right, it was right. teaser, but it could have been the end. I, I there, you know, the days they're, they're all mixed together. Um, he was, you know, one of, of, of many of those musicians that, you know, the, the New York musicians that, that, um, sort of came through and, uh, and played with us with me and Puggy and uh, um, and so uh, you know I I listen back and I listen to myself and I realize that I was behaving a lot like I had been trained. Um, There's a lot of yelling, a lot of, uh, um, of yeah, just a lot of bad behavior. I don't need to illustrate it any more than that. Unappreciative in retrospect, and uh, which kept me from really being able to connect with a lot of what these people had to offer. Um, Mm -hmm. I solved that problem, I suppose, by going to Europe for many years and, you know, and, and, and sort of reinventing myself. Um, But yeah, Lou was, you know, but he was young and I still maintain, and I've said this before. I said this to Anthony. I think it's in that book. I've said it to Howard Sounds. I think he put it in his book and Aiden Levy, who wrote a lovely bio as well, um, that I think that Lou vacillated between sort of foot stomping, I'm Lou Reed, damn it. And what the hell does everybody want from me? What do they see in me? Mm -hmm. I think somewhere on that, on that scale, Back and forth, the meter went. Um, And at 35 or 36 or 37, and, you know, this is how old he was when I was with him. um, And, my, you know, I I want to say that I thought he was so old. Why would anybody want to hear his stuff? I was just stupid. But I realize in retrospect that Lou was really being tortured by the expectations of everyone on him. And I also think that he arrived at that point having been through, you know, we all know about his college years and, you know, the drug years and the Andy years and everything. I, th- mm-hmm. I, I, I think was, I don't think Lou had grown up yet, period. And so a lot of that lashing out probably was just Lou going through the same changes that we've all gone through by this point. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, so, uh, you know, I mean, uh, and the point that I was making about Anthony and interviewing with him was that he was open to, uh, my perspective, he gave me 
some, you know, we exchanged information, and I got a lot. I, it, it broadened my perspective on Lou, and helped me to let go of a lot of that stuff and embrace. Oh. The Lou Reed legacy. So I'm really grateful to Anthony. He's a wonderful person. That's great. A fantastic writer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I did an event with him, uh, uh, you know, at the at the, uh, the Y, the 92nd Street Y. With, well, you did a thing with, with Richard Barone. With yeah, Richard with Richard, exactly, and, and Suzanne yeah, Vega. Richard, our friend. Suzanne yeah. Vega, that was yeah. great. I was there. Um, and I it was, wasn't that wonderful? That, uh, I wanted to say that uh, Hold myself. On. Go ahead. Uh, I wanted to say that me and Judith were interviewed in the book, and we had smooth sailing with Lou in our life. We were really lucky. We had smooth sailing with Lou and what we had to do in our design area with Sylvia Reed. Uh, and I, many people didn't, you know. And, and Anthony, by the way, you know this, Jeffrey. Anthony was one of the few people that Lou liked as, yeah. as an interviewer, which is quite amazing. Which is quite amazing, and all you hear stories about interviewers that are a hard time with Lou. And that's another thing. Oh yeah. Nature, right? He has a wonderful nature. Uh, we had him on radio twice, actually, who shows that he's yeah, incredible. Yeah, because there was right, so Holly? much in the book. Was, yeah, there yeah. was so much in the book that we had to cover. But, you know, right. I right. get it, and I know that – I know Spencer had a really positive experience, and then there were a lot of people that had negative experiences. But I, I get it, you know. And um, so – well, I mean, I, again, I think I think in retrospect, my my yeah. I I had positive experiences as well. Yeah. I just didn't Learn. process it for yeah. another forty years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know what, Jeff? You know what I wanted to ask you um, because we're running close to some time here. If we can change the conversation for a really quick second, your only your voice. Um, the song mm-hmm. Rainbows that I opened up with. Um, let's talk about some of the tracks that are going to be that are on this latest release, this project that you're working on right now. Sure. If you don't mind talk, talking. I don't mind about at that. all. Would you like to? Would you like to okay. ask, or do you want me to just? <laughs> no, 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 go for it. Just no. Go for it. Hey, go Jeff, for go for it. Rainbows. Well, I, I that song. I. 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 I Right. Uh, I mean, uh, Rainbows, for example, is, uh, you know, is, is one of my more uh, cheerful songs. I mean, it's uh, mm-hmm. I actually um, people people make the assumption when I say second in Rainbows that I'm, you know, we're talking about smoking dope. I will say this again. And there's no audience to laugh at me and go, yeah, sure, Jeff. Um, that's a heads up, by the way, guys. Uh, it is not about smoking dope. It's just about, you know, Sucking in that those you know the, all the colors and the peaceful thoughts and I wrote that song riding my horse on the moors here on Nantucket out by the ocean That's with awesome. nothing in sight but this beautiful beautiful sunset and a rainbow mm-hmm. and I just went oh ding and of course I've, people have tried to over and over again. They said to me, sucking in rainbows, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm sorry, but no, that's exactly how I feel. And, and, but unfortunately, it leaves, the, it leaves the impression that I'm, you know, it's a euphemism for oh, it's a great song. Uh, for Listen, spoken phone. I like the song Payphone, your second song yeah, on the track. Phone, let's that's got another reference phone. to people insist. That's another one that people go, I have to stop and go, okay, everybody knows what a dime is, right? It's a coin of the realm. It's not... <laughs> yeah. um, and I have to tell them, and, and they go, what's a pay phone? I go, if your phone is free, <laughs> then, then, then I'll explain it to you. But, um, yeah, I, um, I, uh, it's another sort of uh, one of my lighthearted love songs. Um, I, um, I, I, I'm just about to go. There's a video of that that's uh, up on YouTube, I guess, and, really? um, and on my yeah. site. I it's seen it's that yet. Wow. I so much it. fun, and and in that video, by the way, I've got Jerry Douglas playing Ooh. Dobro. I, I saw love that. that. Wow, I got, cool, I got Jerry Damn Douglas. <laughs> hey. I saw that. And Guthrie Trap. He's just, these, cool. these guys are just incredible. So yeah. I um part of the reason that I, I I I I wanted to do that video was because the guys said they would be in it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, but uh, and um, uh, just uh, the the kid the kid that did it out in Nashville, just a wonderful uh, um, uh, um, videographer. And uh, Michael went out and he got actors to do this and um, and, and I think basically we got shot a it on his own. It was just... Jeffrey, 
I think we got a caller. Oh, good. Oh, it is. Hold on, baby. It's my friend Puggy. Oh, that's Puggy. Who is it? Hello, Holly. It's, I listen, I can't talk long, but I just wanted to tell. Hello, my friends. Jeffrey, I love you. You know I do. God bless Buggy, you. Buggy, I love you right back, buddy. <laughs> you know, Holly, He's the working you, class have... hero. Yeah, something to be. <laughs> Holly, I just wanted to tell you that on the phone, you with Jeffrey, in my opinion, he is the most talented singer, songwriter, guitarist I've ever worked with in my 50 years. Oh. He is. And we we That's just me. rocked back in the 80s. We just rocked back in the 80s. And, Damn it, Puck, uh, he just made me talk. blush. I could feel it. <laughs> you, you never blush. Hey, Spencer's here on the line, too, with us. Spencer here. Who is? Who? Yes, yeah, Spencer. Spencer, the famous, Spencer. famous album designer for Lou Reed's the on the phone. The famous album designer. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey, I wish I could talk. Holly, I love you. And I wish I could talk I longer, you but you know too. I got to work. I'll talk hey, to you. Hey, Puggy, right here, right now. So right here, right now. You. We need a reunion, right? Right here, right now. Got you, baby. Thank you for Listen, calling. Um, I love you, too. Hide away. Hide away. Bye. All right, love I got to run. God bless you both. Ciao, ciao. All right, Pug. He's so How cute wonderful. to call in just to tell me he loved me. Oh, uh, I thought you were so great. That's so awesome. I love it. I, I tell you, I tell you, I, Puggy, Puggy mm-hmm. and I had the 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 most amazing blend. Our voices just blended. It mm-hmm. Just, I mean, it's as far as I'm concerned. Or Pug, Puggy would tell you it was Lennon and McCartney because he, he he likes to reference the Beatles a lot. And I will tell mm-hmm. you, whatever he says, I agree with. And that we we just had a great time. We worked together for years, and um, uh. I we wrote some some great stuff together. We played all the cool clubs in New York, um, and and in Germany and every you know I mean it's just and if there's one guy I miss, if there's one guy I think of when I'm when I'm singing by myself, it's it's Puggy. But here's the problem, Puggy was the best looking guitar player in rock and roll. I kid you not. <laughs> that boy's face. Nobody uh, ever looked at me. I go, oh, everybody look at the lead singer. No, no one looked at the lead singer. <laughs> they watched Puggy, and then when he got up and sang a couple of songs, that was it. I might as well just go back and sit in the dressing room. Just, just give it up. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's still, he's still the best damn looking guy. I mean, he says, what, what, from 50 years ago. My God. What's I mean, he's he right. What's he on right forever. now? What? What's Puggy actually right Puggy now? Puggy channels Neil Diamond like Neil Diamond wishes he could no. channel Neil Diamond. Puggy does Puggy Puggy has a um a uh a, a a diamond tribute show that uh is fantastic. When you you'd think that you were there with a much younger Neil Diamond, in fact a much younger Puggy DeRosa. Um, but he's uh, he's fantastic and uh, Jeffrey, he still does next his own time stuff. Speak to Puggy, tell him to recognize me on radio. You know, he needed to say hello to me. I was very, felt very funny. Oh, Spencer, you know, I I I suspect with all of us talking, no, he had no I idea what was going on. I was on. here. No, Holly, you were nice. You told him I was here. He felt like he didn't recognize who I was. I mean, he didn't, he didn't know. He didn't know when he was calling from the studio. But you know what? I have to say, Jeff, I'd love to hear him sing Sweet Caroline. I still sing it every Sunday at our after our rides and uh um, <laughs> yeah, he's buggy something <laughs> else, and he's a trooper boy. He is like uh, so that 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 article you referenced earlier that we're, uh, uh, um, I think the guy called me the the last of the hardcore troubadours, which I will take. <laughs> but I, I'll take that. Thank you very much. It's that's that's one of the nicer things I've been called. But Puggy is right there, man. Uh... He's just Puggy. Puggy is. Wow. Yeah, let's call Puggy back. I'll get off the phone. I think you should continue with him. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. Uh, no, he's he's a wonderful, no. wonderful guy, and I'm so glad yes, that, that he just called heart. in. Yeah. That's great. And Spencer, you know, I wanted to say something really quick. Spencer is um, um, going back to Lou Reed real quick, and then we'll move on to the rest of your tracks. Um, Spencer's yeah. going to be involved, and I we can't give out the date yet, but he's going to be involved in the um, Velvet Underground show that's going to be taking place in New York that was in Paris. Um, oh, thank you, Holly. It's going to be, we have about two yeah. pieces in it, Lou Reed, Velvet Underground, and My Ramones, and Talking mm-hmm. Heads, my piece will be part of a 
amazing show coming to New York October to December in New York City. Mm-hmm. It was in Paris 2016. Thanks, Holly, for the plug. And um, oh, yeah, no. it should be great. It should be great. Well, Spencer, yeah. you let me know if there's anything, if there's any way I can I can help out with your show. Well, I'm anything send, I can do, I'll I'd send be you the link to. to that. I'll send you info on it. I think I did. That'd but be I, great. Yeah. Definitely. And then um, you're doing a making vinyl event too, as well. So that's yeah. We have really a vinyl cool. show um, uh, spring of mm-hmm. 2019 this with a gallery cool, in New yeah. York, One Space Gallery, mm-hmm. and um, we're just in the beginning of putting that together. But it's all 45s and 12 inches, a lot of Lou Reed stuff in it, Velvet Underground, everything else. But it's that's another show where uh, Judith and I are curating with Sylvia Reed, and that should be a really cool thing. And uh, of course, Jeffrey Allen. Nice. And Holly, Holly's got to fly in for this. Yes, so, I have know. to come to the co- I have to come to the coffee expo, even though oh, I don't drink coffee. Expo, I'm a tea Holly. person. I'm a chai <laughs> person, you know that. I'm a chai or <laughs> chai, 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 whatever. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because everybody from the coffee festival, when I tell them that I went to the Seychelles and I picked tea to learn how it was done on the plantation, they're all like, "Really." And I said, yeah, I wanted to That's know great. about tea. But, um, you know, getting back to Jeff, um, in the tracks, there's also a track called Limelight, which we're going to be ending with shortly. What um, You want to talk about that song a little bit? Sure. Limelight's another one of my <laughs> <laughs> cheerful, cheerful love songs. Um <laughs> I, uh, a little lighthearted love song, you know, like You Let Me Down Again. I've been doing this for decades, you know. Yeah. Do you have any happy love songs? Yes, it's my cheerful little love songs. Um, yeah. Well, I, you know, I've had some lucky gigs, so I don't need to be, del- I don't need to be lucky in love. It's all good. Um, and uh, I, I wrote Limelight. Um, initially, it's... You know, it started out to be a little more sarcastic and dour than it than it turned out in its recording, mostly because I embraced, again, the sort of lighthearted uh, uh, aspects of Broken Heart. You know, I mean, look, it's it's mm-hmm. uh, uh, it is the way it is. Um, the song basically talks about, you know. Continuing on in that, you know, in, uh, in, in, in <laughs> with the light shining on you in the face of adversity, you know, um, mm-hmm. and it, it does not reference but could be referencing, you know, my my later successes after uh, being booted from Lou Reed, you know, <laughs> it's um, mm-hmm. it's just a, a it, it's intended to be cheerful. Uh, slightly uh, sarcastic, slightly sardonic, um, you know. Um, what are some of the other titles on, on here? Besides well, Windows, Limelight, Telephone. <laughs> that's Payphone, Holly. So I get that all the time. Play, play cell phone. Tell, no, play cell ship phone. to shore phone. Uh, um, well, there's a there's you know there's a uh, there's, there's a range of material. Like I said, we cut 19 tunes mm-hmm. and put. Ten of them on this CD. Um, gone back mm-hmm. and uh, like I, I said, I'll be in Nashville next week, and we'll be working on. Yay. I'll be working Yay. on payphone to finish up that and, and, and get these radio mixed. Um, but uh, Trippin' is another song that I'm um, I'm fond of. It seems to get a good response from uh, from the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, had a, uh, um, uh, a fan. Uh, use the text of this. She told me I love this to as a love letter to somebody across the country uh, to get them to move really? to this side of the country and be with her. Uh, wow. We'll leave her name. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, things like that. I mean, some of these songs are not not as unhappy as the others. Fading is a Time is one of my uh, uh, sort of angrier um, uh, tunes. Uh, again, it's just a love song. Just an angry love song. Mm-hmm. Um, Blinded again is about you know falling and falling, falling every time you know you get back there and it's just Remind like you, you think it's over and then boom. You, you might write a song that's me that I, that I pissed you off. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I like to think Morgan, Morgan Square is another tune, but I, I, I tell people that's about an address. It's it's uh, it's just about it's just about realizing that something is over. Um, only your voice. 
um, you know, just represents that is about that 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 feeling you have when you pace from window to window, and just mm-hmm. look outside and you you're mind is a blank and it's just uh you know you don't know how to feel about stuff and i spend a lot of time watching the birds so that song is 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 very autobiographical but they all are Mm -hmm. and uh and happy sad or you know or neutral or just about you know commonalities as opposed to uh, Mm -hmm. uh, uh romance um they're all just little pages from my diary that's all You know, seriously, that's a very good explanation of what these songs are. They're like they're like thoughts and feelings and experiences, which a lot of people do write songs. They base their songs on that, but they're not so, you know, um, uh, I don't know how I don't know the right word, but just. They're very, they're very prolific, you know. I mean, the words are there, and uh, you express an expression through it. So, I have you know, no filters, feel, Holly. You know, that's that's no, that's something cool. that I can I can say. That's good. Uh, for better or worse, I have no filters, which is why I was a good interview, mm-hmm. I think, for the Lou Reed stuff. Nobody else really wanted to talk about what I considered to be the real mm-hmm. deal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there, there are anecdotes, but I, you know, I, I and I'm happy to talk about myself that way. Um, when we're off the air, you want to talk about <laughs> anything at all? I don't think we should get into politics <laughs> with me having no filters and not knowing, no, you know, what the demographic is out there. But you know, I I I call it as I see it, and I'm perfectly happy to accept new information and modify mm-hmm. my opinions, my perspective. But I, it's got to start somewhere, and these mm-hmm. songs um, are each one of them, hopefully, a complete thought process. Um, this is how I feel. This is why I feel it. And you know, you if you feel, feel this way, yeah. perhaps. You know. Well, you know, it's you nice connect. about the There's album. So also, you have really it. good melody lines in, in these songs. I love very. the melody. Yeah. Right. Ollie, and they're tight. You know. The songs are tight. The songs yeah. are very, very Thank tight. Thank you, Spencer. Very um, well produced. Yeah, very yeah. well produced. I think. Yeah, we love well, you. I, um, like I said, I want to, I want to, I want to credit the guys I work with, Jason Lenning, who's a brilliant engineer. Um, my buddy mm-hmm. Rob Stokes, who's also a brilliant engineer, was a fantastic co-producer and a great friend. The guys that you know that that did this with me, Jerry and 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 and, and Guthrie Trap and 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 all all of them. You know, we had Luke Bulla come in from Lyle Lovett's band and play what I feel is like wow. one of the most oh, wow. sensitive That's fiddle great. solos. I mean, I I didn't want to call it a fiddle I you know just like it just the, I mean just because I think that that on, on some level for people pejoratizes what the violin does but it's just beautiful stuff everybody would just cut them loose and they did what they felt um Todd Lombardo who who uh, uh played a bunch of high string guitar for me and uh, mm-hmm. and also played a little mandolin I mean you know these guys have have played with absolutely everybody and mm. uh and for them to come in and play with me and give themselves to me i can't really take the credit for the record That's you know awesome. it's just it's just it's it was just great players getting together and playing together and i look forward yeah. to yeah. doing more with these guys it's it's so. wonderful to be at this point of my life and my career and still be crossing thresholds and, and having new and, and exciting experiences stuff. Yeah. And I go out every day to play. I just I think I just did last night was 112 shows in the last wow. uh, since basically since Memorial Day. And because, as I said, and some days there's no days off. Um, sometimes there are two shows, two, three hour shows in different places. But with every show, if I can get a little bit better, just a little bit, if I can just play something right that I screwed up last night, you know, then it justifies my doing this and not doing anything else. And if I can reach one person in that audience, I don't care if there's five people there or 5,000 or, you know, uh, or, or, or 25,000, like, you know, on, uh, at Langerado with the Whalers, you know, whatever it is, if I can mm-hmm. just oh, yeah. connect with one person, then I feel it, they feel it, and I've got mm-hmm. an excuse to get up tomorrow and go do it again. And, man, mm-hmm. I wish that I'd understood that earlier and that so many of my friends who would get into free fall when they weren't playing had had that because then there'd be more of us and we could get the band back together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I hear you. 
Hey, you know, you're, ta- you're talking a lot about um, certain things, certain instruments and stuff, and I wanted to say um, I have a special show this coming Wednesday with a, a new band, a debut band called Meadow Mountain. Um, they were produced by Chris Pandoloff from the infamous String Dusters. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, great band, great band. Music, but it's also, but it's also, um, you know, fusion, uh, you know, rock and roll too. They're segueing into that. Spencer, I didn't tell you about, I told you a little bit about that when you were away right. and then, um, Right. You need to you need to tune it. Come on that show if you'd like. Wednesday, that's Wednesday, a right? local. Wednesday, Holly, right? I'd be delighted. Yeah, yeah, yeah you just, Wednesday. You, you should just send no, me send me a note. I will tell you that Holly. I'll, I'll tell you that that this goes back I, in many respects to Sam, to Sam Bush, mm-hmm. to to uh, um, the New Grass Revival, where you had mm-hmm. these bluegrass players playing the instruments. You know, be, uh, uh, Bela mm-hmm. Fleck and and Jerry and all these guys playing these instruments that were primarily bluegrass instruments and mm-hmm. jamming out like the dead, you know? I mean, really, like, you know, oh, Old Almond totally. Brothers, the dead. One of the things that I, I, oh, I noted the totally. first time I went out to Telluride, and this is probably, mm-hmm. it's got to be almost, that's got to be 12 years ago now or more, and saw Sam in the band, and, of course, I, you know, I, I played with the Whalers, and, you know, and, and you know, as, as I'm guest spots, I was never a member of the Whalers, but, um, you know, and was great friends with with Al Anderson, who was the guitar player with the the with Bob Marley and the Whalers. You know, post post uh, Peter Tosh and you know the, yeah. the Whalers, and then went off to play with Peter, and then back again to play with Bob. And um, and Al was, could play anything, and brought all that sort of the rock vibe and the jazz vibe in, so that the records became accessible to an entire new crowd. Well, Sam did that for bluegrass. Sam took those, you know, that those instruments and mm-hmm. that genre of music and expanded it oh, to well, include rock. And the first time I went to see him, yeah. he's playing reggae. They, they were playing mm-hmm. jamming. And I was like, oh, awesome. It's and, huge um, here. They, it's huge here. They have, um, uh, he has a restaurant in Marin. I don't know if you were able to go to that when you were out here in Napa called Terrapin Crossroads. Phil Esch does. And uh, he has bands there during the week, and it's pretty interesting. Wow, that's Are you, so cool. Is everybody there? Yeah. 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 I thought no, I no, was No, no, somebody's beeping. Yeah, somebody's beeping in on my phone. I have a feeling oh. it's time to go. <laughs> oh. It's time to go. He's got it. No, I know. I know. He's got. He has an event to go to tonight that we that he so graciously um, gave us his time before he went. Um, Thanks, Jeffrey. I know, Spencer, you had some things to talk about. So, Jeff, what we'll do is um, Spencer is going to talk about a review on something that he needs to play, to talk about, and then I'm going to play Limelight. So you and every – let's stay in touch, okay? Because I'd really Wonderful. like to know what's going on we'll out there. We'll be in there. touch, Jeffrey, yeah. all of us. Hey, guys, thanks so much for doing this hey, with me. Hey, take care, man. Such we a love privilege. you. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll Thanks, Spencer. We're going to be ending Oh, yeah, next life. album, you come and on, Jeffrey. Next album, you come on. And the, next album. You, and only your absolutely. voice comes out. We don't, your we don't have a cover hits, for it yet, hits. you know. We, we, we haven't <laughs> talked cover yet. <laughs> oh. Now, only your voice. So maybe we can get another iconic cover out of you, pal. All right. <laughs> yes, yeah, so let, let's, get, let's get the date for only your voice when it's coming out again. Um, I'm, I don't have a firm date yet. We hope that we can get it up okay. and out at least. Let's let's just say it sh- it will be available by November first, mm-hmm. up on all the download sites. Uh, give oh, us October. Great. It'll okay. probably be up before that. But we don't want to push it too much. Go, and then if you go to Jeff's website, you can see um, the video. So you can you listen can to you can listen score. to all kinds of stuff. On, yeah, at yeah. jeffross.rocks, cool. R-O-C-K-S. I love saying that, not because it's my website, but just because I, I think it's it. so cool. That's nice. <laughs> no, no, no. I like it's saying awesome. it, too. That's well, a great have, name. Okay, so listen, before, before um, we hang up with you, um, we will be playing Limelight. And, again, I wanted to say to everyone, it's Friday, guys. Please don't drink and drive. And uh, with that, um, Jeff, should I you mention have fun? what I'm supposed to be mentioning? Yeah, Holly? of course. Yeah, so, of so course. it's very Probably. short. Um, uh, I went to a show opening of uh, 
show called Transcendence. It's Bob Gruen's wife, Elizabeth Gregory Gruen, who does these. Mm-hmm. I followed her work or artworks. Oh, she's a she's a fantastic model too. You know, she's just she's incredible. Oh yeah, yeah, and she, yeah, she does, I know, I know them well. She does this cut out what they call cut artwork. And uh, very mm-hmm. detailed design, and this show had a mixture of uh, color silk screening, uh, and she does this work in paper, but it's dimensional. It's almost like sculpted and framed. Oh, nice. Yeah, and Holly, I followed oh, her. Wow. This, this show is really amazing. And at the, um, it's at the Ivory Brown Gallery, which is, by the way, an amazing gallery, 675 Hudson Street on the fourth floor. Um, she's having a Q&A. At the gallery, Tuesday, September twenty fifth, from six to eight, and uh, but the show is amazing. It really is amazing. Her work should be in a museum, and she hasn't gotten there yet. But it, she should at least have a piece in in, in a major museum, and um, uh, it's an incredible show. Her work is amazing, you know. Yeah, she's, awesome. uh, she's super. And I'll tell you a little Bob Gruen anecdote, if I may. So. Yeah. Um, so Bob took obviously Bob was, Bob shot photographs of us with Lou yeah. afterwards and so forth and and uh, walking down the street a couple of years ago and uh, I, 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 I there's a there's a sign up outside um, outside a store and it says have your photograph taken by famous rock photographer Bob Gruen he was doing a book release and uh, I got to nudge the person I'm with I like I, yeah I got Already have, and she goes, "Yeah, look, there it is." And we look in on the wall, and they've turned the front of this store into a 17-year-old's bedroom from, you know, from 1970, wow. whatever, five or six. And you know, it's got pictures of John Lennon. It's got the, you know, the, all the famous stuff, you know, yeah, the John yeah, yeah. Lennon New York photo, and um, uh, you know, and pictures of Kiss, and you know, and Debbie Harry, and and so forth, and the picture of me and Lou. Um, from oh, that great. particular rock scene, I think it was, oh, magazine. Wow. And, then, and then, so I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm going to be in the book. All right, the book comes out a week <laughs> later. I go across the street to the bookstore on the opposite corner around Greenwich Avenue. I go across the street, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm looking. I'm flipping <laughs> pages, and it's, there's no, it's not there. And I'm it's like, not- damn it. Once again, not in the book, and so you know because I could, there are pictures in a lot of these, a lot of these books that oh, that funny. you know that that uh, memorialize that period of time. I'm the guy whose e- left ear you see, but that's it. I'm cut out of the picture. So so uh, so I'm looking and I'm looking I'm looking. And I finally get to the back and I and there's these little tiny postage stamp pictures. He's done this collage oh, on the no. back and the front cover on the there. bindings. You know the inside. You're I don't there. know what that page is called. And there it is. I'm there, and, be, and Lou and Lou is cut out of the picture. It's post. It's like the oh tiny, even God. smaller than a postage stamp. That is but, funny. But but guys, if it had been on the front cover instead of the back cover, I would have been cut out, and Lou would have been in the picture. I was oh like, my God! I just walked yeah. out. <laughs> anyway, listen. Um, hey, hey I'm, Jeffrey, I got to tell you one more stint about Bob. You know, I designed a lot of great covers of Bob's photographs, but he told me that I did the first interview ever of him. Can you imagine this? The first hmm. interview ever in the 70s on a cable show that I had. And I, I'm oh, still wow. floored. Everybody gets floored when I tell them the story, people. You know, because oh, there's 40,000 interviews. But uh, a great guy, great photographer. Um, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. brilliant. Absolutely. You know, Bob, Bob, Mick Rock, Annie Lee. I mean, you know, it's... it's they, oh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. There were a handful, and they shot everything. They really did. Right. They just... Great, great well, stuff. You know, well, I'm looking forward to hearing you know, Limelight on the radio. So, oh, good, yeah, good, yeah, good. We, we're, we're, we're gonna play it. that. We're playing. I it. wanted to say real. I wanted to say real quick when you were talking about Bob. You know, they just did the reissuance of the remastered Imagine, and uh, Carol from Chaos Productions um, premiered that. And uh, there uh-huh. were quite a few events besides the John Lennon stamp that just dropped. They did a John Lennon um, sleep-in in New York. I saw Sean was there, Julian was there, Bob was there, Yoko. So it's kind of cool. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. Mm. But we're going to play Limelight now. So All right. With that, well, thanks, again, guys. This has been Friday so much night. fun. Hey, take care. We love Jeff, you, Jeff. Have fun. Oh, likewise. Thanks, take Spencer. Care. Thanks, Jeff, Holly. Take care, have fun. Take care Be bro. Be safe. And uh, <laughs> I wanted to say to everyone, again, it's Friday um, have a wonderful weekend, and uh, we'll I'll be back on Wednesday, and then we'll be back on next Friday with uh, Alejandro Escovedo, I believe. 
right? That's right. Next Friday is our friend Alejandro. Yay, I love Alejandro. Okay. Yep. All right, with that limelight, here you guys go. Have a great weekend. Rock and roll. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.